Hello, Sarah. Hello, Kim. It has been a while. It has been a while, but we're back. I know. It's mostly on me because I've been wrapping up my doctoral program at UK. Yeah, were you like busy or something, Dr. Wilkins? Something like that. (laughs) But you've been carrying on podcasting with your own podcast. So now uh, you want to say a little bit about that? Yes. So I am really excited to be the host of Flocking Amazing, which is the podcast all about deep and joyful learning from uh, Bird Brain Technologies, which is my my day job. Not that this podcast doesn't pay the bills, but I get to talk to teachers about what it's like to be a teacher and teaching with creative robotics and with technology. And what I love about that podcast is I ask the same questions to every person and every podcast is so different because the teachers are all so different. So when the questions are all the same, the answers really stand out. And I've interviewed the classroom teachers, museum educators, college professors. It's just so cool to hear what everybody is doing and the different things that they like and the advice that they've given people. It, it makes me way smarter. It's like a sneaky way for me to learn things. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's I what we do on podcast. this podcast as well. It so really I is. <laughs> I think if you like this, you're going to love that. And speaking yeah. of college professors, we have a stellar <gasps> guest, Brian Wright, who is director of undergraduate programs, assistant professor of data science, director of collaboratory for the advancement of data science and education. Ooh. My goodness, Brian, what don't you do? Yeah, I'm exhausted just hearing my own title. And you know, actually, it's funny. <laughs> I just got, I just got promoted yesterday. So oh, I'm, really? an, I'm an oh, associate professor now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's, wow. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, so it's great to be here. And uh, yeah, thanks for saying all my various titles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell start. us a little yeah. bit about who you are? I'm in the School of Data Science here at UVA. First school of data science in the country. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I worked in industry for like 10 years. So I was in the Department of Defense as a civilian and then as a uh, consultant. And then uh, I, I was, I guess at the time I was, I was uh, what they refer to as like a quant. So I was doing uh, lots of Excel spreadsheets at the time. And then I went back to, uh, I went back to school on a, on a funded research program by the, by the Department of Air Force at the University of Tennessee and their business school. I don't know how much of this I'll go deep in the background apparently, but that's where I started using like kind of data science stuff, you know? So the, the statistics and logistics program there at Tennessee is at one point, it was one of the better ones in the entire country. Logistics, it was ranked number one for many years. And so they were really doing kind of forward leaning things oriented around operations research. So I was helping out groups there. And then I was getting a PhD in education at night because it was one of the flexible programs where you could kind of take part-time courses because I was working full-time during the day in this research organization. So I was like learning data science during the day and like kind of learning education theory at night. So my degree is in, is in higher education administration. And that was a really flexible degree too. So I took classes in CS and stats. And then what we started doing is we started building short courses for flag officers and for master's programs that were already existing inside the school of business there. And so we would take those over to, um, you know, over to different departments inside the college. And I just loved teaching. So it was great. So we just started doing that. And then Based off that, I, um, you know, I continued to kind of do education-oriented research, you know, for my dissertation, doing kind of first student, uh, first generation success, things like that. And then um, I got a job at uh, George Washington after I graduated. And the, one of the first things they asked me to do was build a master's of data science program there. And then I've been doing it ever since. So we put a, I, we built a PhD program there at George Washington with the education school, actually. And I built a data science institute there and uh, helped. Uh, build out the master's program. And then based off of that good work, when we heard that UVA was going to do something real special down here with the first school and kind of hire our own faculty and stuff, I tried to 
tried to weasel my way in. And luckily, Phil Bourne, the dean at the time, was nice enough to accept my weaseling and let me come. And then I've been here. And so now we're building an undergraduate program in data science. That's what I've been doing ever since. It's about 2019. Yeah. And like building literally, figuratively, data science is kind of a big deal at UVA and Charlottesville now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's you know, so the the road to having your own school of data science is a, is a long one. So, I mean, what a lot of the, there's data science at different institutions manifest in a lot of different ways, right? But a lot, a lot of times what people do is just, or different schools, they use existing resources and like put them together in collaboration. So like take CS and statistics and put them together or like have a smaller number of, you know, faculty that they're hiring into some interdisciplinary center. At UVA didn't do that. I mean, we started from nothing. Right. So like from scratch, you know, and like they're literally pouring the concrete right around the corner for building a building. <laughs> um, but we also had to like, you know, sprout up faculty out of the ground, too. We didn't take it from existing resources here. So as a result, like I think a lot of the development efforts and putting things together in terms of programming and research, research programs and things like that for us is taking longer. But in the long run, the idea is that we will have this freestanding entity that's independent of pre-existing norms. We can create our own field, which is just doesn't happen in academia. I mean, you don't, it's not very often where you get to, you, you get to create a new school and a new field at uh, one of the best universities in the world. And so we're lucky to be able to do that here. And I think, you know, the foundations that we're laying in the classes and the coursework and the, the way that we define data science, we're hoping will echo out into the rest of the field because we really do need to start, you know, creating kind of differentiating effects from what it means to be in CS and statistics. And I think most people are are doing that in their programs. But here we had a really unique opportunity to do that because we didn't inherit anything else from other departments. So, it, so it's been really fun. That leads perfectly into our next question. What is data science and data science, data science? What do you, what do you prefer as the answer? <laughs> I think you can go either way. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm, I'm Switzerland on this one. I'm not going to take, I'm not going to take a side. I guess I always say data science. I guess I okay. always say that, but I don't know. I can't, I can't, I'll have to, I'm going to be thinking about that now every time I say it, but yeah, Kim way, kind of raised an eyebrow. You. She was like, hmm, oh, yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> I know, okay. I'm data. I've always said data. Interesting. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Well, you two will fight over that. Okay. Um, yeah. In the meantime, I will just, I'll say, what is data data science and why is it important? Yeah, it's a good question. So I, you know, it's, there's a, there's a dissertation here about the way that we think about it, right? <laughs> literally. I, like literally, yeah. There's, there's a good article out there by Raph Alvarado, who is a professor here at the school who, who helped kind of define what we think about it. I mean, so, it, and I'll go through that a little bit. So at UVA, we think it's, it has kind of four components. And I, I think these are all present in, in curriculum around the country. Like when you look at it, I don't think it's anything revolutionary, but it's often not codified in a way where people say, okay, that's like, that makes sense to me, right? So we just kind of talk about it in generalities, but the way we view it is in these four components. And those are value, analytics, systems, and design. And so the simplest way is just to do it through analogy, where, where value is about human value and ethics of data science, how we use data responsibly, you know, everything from open science to, you know, is the algorithmic representing some type of bias against you, human intention or human welfare, things like that. So in the school, as a result, we're hiring, we, we, have, we have policy experts and philosophers and uh, you know, uh, lawyers that kind of work in that space to make sure that we can provide academic content on that and also provide, you know, the curriculum to our students to make sure they understand that piece of it. And then the design is about easily probably data visualization is the easiest way to think about it. Um, but also it's about human-centered design, how we would design data science products that would get used with, you know, the intention of designing them, you know, kind of a backward design 
philosophy and then also database design could be included in that. And I think the two that are easier for people to, to kind of wrap their heads around are systems and analytics. So analytics is AI and the machine learning, all the mathematical components that we kind of align mostly, you know, um, main path and data science. And then systems is cloud computing, you know, and all the systems that we need to deploy and launch and monitor, you know, data science products or the computing that you would need to put them all together. And so, and it's a long, it's a long-winded definition, but I think it's necessary to present that instead of just to say, well, it's like some of the DS and some of the stats. I mean, that's true, you know, but it does much less, you know, kind of inference. If you think of statistic theory as kind of like sampling inference, it's not, there's not much, much closer to prediction, right? I think so it kind of eliminates kind of some of that space. And then when you think about you know, computer science, the idea that they're developing software, we're not really building software, right? We're using software and deploying it, but scale and kind of complexity components are super important. So I think it's easier to talk through it now that, I, that I've said a lot and was hoping to say a little through those four <laughs> different components. And that, and if you, if you take a step back, any data science product, you know, from lifecycle from beginning to end has all those in it. And I think you can make an argument. If it doesn't, then you're not doing something quite right. You know, so it could be different depths of those things. You know, you could do the T chart, you know, depending on what space you're in, that'd be more of a design product or like more of a value driven idea, but they all should have these components. And then when you put them together, it's kind of like, you know, that's the practice of data science. And that's the way we're designing our degrees. The undergraduate degree program, for example, is the core is basically you take two classes in each one of those things. They're all weighted the same. All right. So it's not an analytics or a systems degree. Those are all balanced. And then on the high end, students can choose to concentrate in one area, you know, after they've made it through the foundational places, then they can concentrate in one of those spaces. So I think we, we think of it that way as kind of a combination of those four facets. And like I, I said, I, I think love there's that more you, depth. Yeah. Uh, the first one you listed, uh, what I wrote down on my notes is algorithmic bias, mm. um, yeah. because I feel like, you know, both with data science and with computer science, I always think of that uh, line from Spider-Man with great... Power, power comes, comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. Yeah. Yes. You know, because I always want these... that to be Superman, but it's, it, it's Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, these tools that and skills that you can learn through computer science and data science really are powerful, but we have to balance that with what, you know, the damage they can do as well. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. I was recently looking up some stuff uh, in the Weapons of Math Destru Destruction uh, yeah. book. And, you know, just I'm very fascinated by that aspect. And so really great to hear that that's one of the four main aspects that you think about. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you help students understand their responsibility in that area? Wait, Kim, before, did you say weapons of math destruction? Yep. yep. Oh, okay. Have book. not, have not read that one. Going to add that to my <laughs> well, list. You know, there's, there's, I, I, uh, Kathy O'Neill is the author of that. We are, uh, be close friends, you know, so she's actually affiliated with the, with UVA. I, I reached out to her about two years ago to see about her, you know, guest lecturing in one of her courses. And then I described her what we're doing in the curriculum. She's like, oh, that's unique because there's not a lot of schools that are doing that across the country that have this value emphasis. So she came down, you know, and met with our faculty and she has friends here in Charlottesville. So we bet we got a little lucky, I think, you know, so she has some good friends here. So she was like, Hey, I'll come down and hang out with my friends. But, uh, she, so she's now affiliated with the school and, uh, you know, we're, we're hoping that she's going to come down, you know, in the future, you know, kind of more permanently. But I, I, I feel that that book is one that we, um, she was in that space. Anyway, I'll just, I'll, I'll get back to the question in a second. But that, that book is really great because it was really a first mover inside that kind of, you know, there's a responsibility around, you know, these algorithms. And we have to be careful because once we put them out there in the world, it's not, they don't always behave the same way that they did when we were testing them, you know, and it requires 
you know, really, I mean, you can make a strong argument that the, the real data science happens once you put the algorithm out into the space and it starts predicting because the, the sophistication that's required to track and see if there's data drift or if it's still producing in the same way, if the errors are still generating in the way that you would you want them to, you know, requires a lot of oversight. And then there's all this this other stuff about how they can just turn into these um, feedback loops and things like that. So yeah, that that's a great, it's a very approachable book for people people to read. Anyway, so we we put value in not just you know it's like a side class which a lot of people have have just like one class. We're like we'll take a one credit kind of ethics course, so we check that box. But to us, it's really organic to the program. I mean, so they're the balance of credits that they take in the analytics space is the same as it is in ethics. You know, and there's, there's, there are, I mean, to my, to my knowledge, there are no other programs that do that. Now it can change as they go up higher, of course, into, they can choose to concentrate in, you know, machine learning or systems engineering, things like that. Um, but the idea is that we're hoping to, you know, create a program where we have a whole lot of people that move forward and continue to explore the value space. And there's lots of depth there, right? And it's not, not necessarily non-technical, right? So there's a big movement now with explainable AI, right? And that is right in that space about, you know, if you're going to build this algorithm and deploy it and make and allow it to make decisions on people's lives that can have a real impact, they should know how, why those decisions are being made, right? And so, and that requires someone that has, you know, pretty significant technical depth to be able to deploy and use those systems. And so we we think of it as not just this. It's a there's a there's a philosophical component to a policy component to uh, to it without a doubt um, an equity and justice component. But there's also like a, a pretty important technical component. And I I do think that next wave like especially the one that's going to make that and this is I, we try and emphasize this to the students I guess is we say you know you have to be able to be not just an advocate but an expert like in order to be able to move that field forward to explain to people why you should use these methods and that they're just as good as the methods that they're using requires you not to just be an advocate, but to have technical depth. And so if you combine those two things, that's a really powerful person. And then the conversation becomes less abstract about how this algorithm is affecting you know, human lives. It's not fair. We say, well, how is it not fair? Well, it's just not fair. We're like, well, if you have someone that can get under the hood and say, this is exactly why it's not fair, I can show you right here in a very technical and, e and most of the time easily to consume way for someone that has some technical depth, then that hopes, I think that that helps move the conversation substantially. So both those things are necessary and want people to talk about, you know, the, the policy components of it. But we also need to be specific about what we mean. We even say algorithmic bias. I mean, in, because in some cases, and in, actually in, in all cases, bias in there's a type of statistical bias that's actually necessary for these algorithms to work. So they're saying that's not what we're talking about. So once you get past the idea of the necessity of having some statistical bias or what we call kind of just a generalizability of the machines, there's a threshold where you could be on that where it starts to become, you know, kind of this toxic, you know, error classification bias where it's, it's clearly not treating uh, protected classes or, you know, whatever this might be, minority gender uh, in the same way. And then you can quantify that. Like you can literally say, this is how biased this machine learning algorithm is because we know what the error percentages is for these certain classes. And so I think that that is, that's, so we try and teach the students both those things for them to understand the power that they're, you know, the great power comes great responsibility type of components of it to be, but also to be able to sit at the table and explain technically what they mean. And that that's what it means to be kind of shepherding, I think, you know, the the idea of this you know, you have a lot of responsibility as a data scientist, you know, to, to move forward in this field, you have to be, you have to be able to have that conversation. And so we're trying to equip them with the tools to do that. 
And as it turns out, you know, at the end of the day, it, most of the time, it just ends up being better data science, you know, because you have to think about a lot of it's just like classic, you know, statistical, you know, method stuff. Like, what is the question you're asking? Like, what are the, what are the people that are going to be impacted by this? Do you have the right data to answer that question? If you come at it from a value lens, you find that the depth with which you're designing these experiments is much more robust and then your models are better. So not only does it benefit society, but you know, it, it's a better approach, you know, generally. So it's, you know, I, I think there's lots of, uh, lots of benefits to that. So we just present that in front of them and then it becomes obvious. I'm like, oh, well, I should just do this every time. And we're like, yeah, you should just do it every time. That's <laughs> Imagine that. that. Being Imagine better that. for yeah. the world is better for humans and better for the field. And yes, it's a win, 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 win. Yeah. You know? so it's, it's good. Yeah. So we're involved in a couple of collaborations, which I'm very excited about. One we're all three involved in is the Global Center for Equitable Computer Science Education. And then one that Brian and several others are involved in is a Buford Lab School project. Which I'm going to get in on that, though. Just give yeah, me yeah, We'll time. get you in on that. I'll, yeah. I'll inch my way in there. Yep. <laughs> which is a, a middle school project to bring <laughs> computer science and data science to middle schools. So... My question is, we've been talking about what you're doing at the collegiate level, but yeah. we really need to bring this into K-12. And I especially think K-8 spaces because yeah. um, you know that is where we uh, have the opportunity to excite more students and get more diversity into the fields, which are which is desperately needed. Um, mm -hmm. So what are some strategies you could give to listeners who might be in that space for how they could start approaching data science with their students? Well, I, you know, it's a, it's a great question. And so we, we've created this, just back to what we're kind of doing here, but I think it translates. We created a foundations of data science course, which is basically, a, it, it spends three weeks in each section, just exploring ideas about what it means to work in that area of data science. And at the end, the students are like, wow, now I actually understand what this is. You know, oh, it's and, so great. Yeah. And it 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 does things like, you know, it, it's it's gamified. So like we actually we have the students sit down and play play guess who as an example, right? And so they they we say, you know, what's the algorithm here? Well, the algorithm is you. What's the data? It's all the characteristics of these people. And at the end, what they realize is they're building classifiers based off personal characteristics. And like, well, how does it make you feel? And then that's how algorithms work, right? They only can train on the information that they're given. So if skin color and hair color and eye color and gender happens to be the information they're going to use that and it could use it in biased ways as, just as one example so i there's lots of really good content out there i think that speaks to you know exactly what the field is through through example so there's there's a series of of ted talks that kind of talk about how data is used and how it should be used in combination with humans you're right so i i guess what i'm saying is like i would go at it through the value lens i think it's actually one of the most approachable ways the value and design space resonate with people really well you know so we as example we had students uh track you know the the different apps that they use and then create a hand-drawn graph on like the number of times they use that app during the day right and then you know use colors based off what your emotion is when you use that app you know and then so they, they come and they take a picture of it and they have this unique graph that actually tracks their interaction their algorithmic interaction with like their their phone throughout the day and that's something that could easily be done you know at k you know, K through eight, yeah. things like that. I've been obsessed with the Dear Data book. Yes, we use the Dear highlight. Data book in the yeah. class. That's a yeah. great book. 
That's a yeah. perfect example. And there's all these little experiments that they can do in there. Add that to my list too. Add it to, yeah, Dear Data <laughs> is really good. We And then we, we got the idea from that book. Actually, yeah, so that, that it's a book where yeah. two people living in different countries gather data weekly about different things and which yeah. send postcards to each other. And it's just, it's beautiful. And it's also just fascinating the things that they tracked and it just, you know, provides a really concrete, but easy, accessible way to think about data in your daily life. Yeah, exactly. And that we we say that, you know, if we can really kind of get, if they leave the class with the idea that they're, they're surrounded by it, you know, they're immersed in it more than you realize, you know, so, and then it, it can also be a really powerful tool, you know, to understand how it's affecting society and life. So I, that's what I recommend. I think that Dear Data book is a great way to do it. And then also, you know, kind of discussions about, you know, how algorithms are kind of incorporated into all sorts of different facets of your life, you know, then that then if students kind of get an, an impact, you know, an understanding of how it's impacting them, then they, they kind of lean in, their curiosity starts to get peaked. There's a lot, there's a lot of studies around sports analytics as how that relates to that. You know, you can kind of translate that language down, you know, just be, doesn't have to be anything sophisticated, but just like, you know, have them track by hand, you know, statistics in a game that they happen to attend and then bring that back to class. And then everybody combines it together. And then all of a sudden what you have is like this, you know, it's like this really robust distribution of what could have happened, you know? So it's like a, anyway, so there's like Bayesian theory based off that, but you don't have to tell them any of that, right? It's just <laughs> right. everybody brings their own data and like you combine it together and then see what happens, you know? So there's, there's interesting ways to approach it where, you know, they kind of interact in a, in a real life way. So that's, that's usually how I would think about it is to leave the, to, to a certain extent, leave the more technical components of it on the shelf and then just say to yourself, you know, where, where are the ways that I interface with this in a, in a sensitive way, in a substantive way in my daily life? And then they, they start to get more curious. I'm very curious. It's working. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I'd ever even heard the term or certainly the definition of data science until I started working in tech. And I wish that I had earlier. It, it sounds really interesting. I, it's often described as a way of kind of digital storytelling which yeah. are data-driven storytelling, which I also find really fascinating. And, and the way you describe it as measuring sports analytics and the way we feel when we use things. Like it just, it seems like a field that includes so many fascinating pieces and can be used in so many ways. And the fact that you're learning about, these students are learning about how to use it ethically and how to use it to make the world a better place is, I'm so interested in that. Yeah, it's great. And you know, I, in a lot of ways, we're, we're, just, we're just speaking the student's language. You know, that they're, they're they're conversant and interested in these topics, maybe more than, I don't know, you know, it's, it's just so contemporary to our current, like, society, I feel like, especially as they're, you know, these teenagers have grown up in kind of this environment, you know, around, you know, Black Lives Matters and like kind of justice movements, things like that. So they're they're curious about it as a, as a byproduct of that. And, you know, we were going to incorporate it anyway, you know, we've really leaned into those topics, but it's also, it's, it's very present for them. So to know that there's, you know, that the that that is represented in this field is important. You know, it's important to the students and I think they'd be upset if it wasn't. So we're kind of echoing back, I think, in a certain in a certain way, which is great. Kim and I talk a lot about technology as a tool for advocacy and as kind of a, a way to make social, bring social justice to the forefront. And it, I didn't know what a big part of that data science was until today. You've taught yeah. me something really important. Well, it's, it's the other thing too, is that it is what's hard is um, because the field is so new. I mean, a lot of it is like the wild west, you know, so when you compare two data science programs to each other, they're almost guaranteed to be very different, you know, mm -hmm. kind of just in the nature of where they're at and where they're located. 
And so I, we're going for the next, for a long time, the way, you know, data science was born like in the, and this is true of most of applied applied fields. They're kind of born in the graduate area, graduate school, if I'm just getting back to the kind of academic space. And then what happens is it gradually goes down. And so now what we've done is we've entered the undergraduate, like the next five years, there's going to be hundreds of, there's already are hundreds of undergraduate data science programs that are going to get developed. And I think, you know, Kim, to your point, you know, the next frontier is to take that and move it down further, you know, and I think a lot of the things that we're doing, I mean, everything we did in the master's program here at UVA to a certain extent, based off pace, it, it can, is easily convertible down to the undergraduate. It's just because that's the only place it existed, right? And so it, yeah. it got born yeah. there. And that's going to be true of the undergraduate too. It's like, we just need to continue to move, move these things down. And then, you know, similar to computational thinking and, you know, mm -hmm. computer science is now pretty, you know, pretty common, you know, in high schools and, and lower. I mean, my seven-year-old daughter's going to learn Python maybe this summer and she might hate it. You know, she'll come back and be like, this is terrible. Force her to do it anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm that dad, like, too bad. And so that that certainly wasn't true, you know, given, you know, n number of years ago. So maybe it'll be that way, you know, for these kind of foundational data science concepts, the way we think about them. And I think it's, I mean, I can wax philosophical about the necessity of data literacy for a productive democracy. Like, I think it's not unfair to say that, you know, is that if you want people to participate in politics, they have to understand, understand, you know, the, the political science, right? And it, it could be the same you know, for data science, if they want to understand how their information is being used on a regular basis, you know, some content provided to them would be really helpful for that. And then it it also increases trust and uh, reduces, you know, that kind of just, you know, pathological, you know, I'm just, I'm afraid of this, or I was manipulated, things like that. If you understand just a little bit more then you can engage, there's been studies about that, engage in using, you know, where whatever it is, like social media apps or or, uh, you know, algorithmic driven decision makings generally that you're going to run into in a, in a healthier way. You know what questions generally to ask. What are you excited about for the future of data science and education in general? Well, you know, there's, there's a lot to be, there's a lot to be excited about and there's a lot to be concerned about. You know, I think, I, I guess ex I'm excited about finally getting our undergraduate degree in place. I mean, we've been building it for three years, you know, and, and again, it, we're going to continue to build it. So a lot of that is just because, like I said, we, we started from scratch. So we're not taking classes from any other place. You know, we're building all our own, as I said, we're building all our own math classes, right? Because some of the math classes here at UVA, and I think people, you know, common knowledge, and they're actually not that great for certain disadvantaged groups when they come in, you know? So we, we wanted to make sure that we had support sessions in place and we designed our math classes in a way that wouldn't fall victim to that same, same scenario. So, I mean, a lot of, a lot of what we're doing, we're putting in place and it's like this great experiment, you know, we're like, are we going to attract a wide variety of people to data science? The, the, the answer is, I don't know yet. I mean, I have a, we, we have a minor in data science that we launched a few years ago and it is, it is widely popular at it, it, 600 students in it. And it's got uh, 54 different degrees represented. So every, almost every degree at UVA has at least one person in, in the minor. And so it's been, it's been, you know, kind of universal. So we hope the same thing happens for people when they think about the data science, data science degree, because I think it's going to be super important. We have like this unique opportunity in STEM education. We get to create a STEM field, right? So let's create it in a way where it's inclusive and people can envision themselves in it. You know, you just don't get those opportunities, you know, and it, I'm not saying it, it, it's, it makes me nervous because it, it, it feels like you know, we only, we only might get one shot at it, you know, so we have to be really purposeful in how we do it. So that's, that's why I'm really excited to get our version up of it up there. And then I just, I just want to walk it around. 
you know, as much as I can, anybody that wants to talk to me about it and be like, this is our approach, you know, this is what we, we think about, you know, these different pathways, you know, inside the school that create, that include creative aspects and, you know, ethical and philosophy, you know, if they want to go that path, they totally can. And we can have, we can, we can produce data, you know, data advocates and data policymakers as part of the degree. And so that's the part that I'm, that I'm super excited. But it also makes me, it makes me nervous for the field because I just hope that as all these undergraduate programs stand up and that is what's going to happen, it already is. In the next five years, the question is, are we going to replicate some of the other pathologies that we've seen in, in STEM education? And I just really hope not, you know, so I'm, I'm hopeful that that's the case, but also nervous. So we'll see. We'll <laughs> that's see good. I happens. think it's healthy to be nervous about yeah, that. It's but... a, yeah, it's a nervous, <laughs> nervous excitement, you know. Because, I, you know, computer yeah. science sort of a, a little bit ahead, you know, ahead on that and yeah. did not, did not do well in addressing a lot of issues. So, yeah. And I have. I mean, I, you know, I, I have a lot of conversations with computer science students now and they're like, well, you know, these, these classes are really, I feel really comfortable here in situations where maybe I hadn't, you know, another circle. So, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's a real thing. And so I think, you know, so that, that's the thing that, that excites me the most. I mean, the, the field of data science, you know, with all the chat GDP, all of that, I mean, that, that is amazing. These technologies are getting developed super fancy, but I, uh, I got a little bit more specific, I guess, in my, in my, my excitement. I, I hope it's that we, you know, we design this STEM field in a way that, you know, reflects uh, the largest population of people that we can. That yeah. is awesome. I think oh. we will end on that wonderful note. Oh my goodness. Yes. Thank you <laughs> so much Goosebumps with us. me into the rest of the day. Thank <laughs> you, Brian. Well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Happy to come on anytime. And hopefully we have some listeners that are hearing, hmm, so this degree program, huh? <laughs> Maybe right. I'll just do do a quick uh, quick Google. So can we link, is, is there some information about this program that we can link? So if any listeners are interested, they can find it. Yeah, funny thing about that. The uh, <laughs> the state the state regulatory body has very specific instructions about when we're allowed to post it. And we have okay. it is in it is pending Chev approval. So we're not allowed, not allowed to publicize it, but it is it is over the wall in the in the state education body in Virginia. So once once we get the green light, then we're gonna hit the green button on all the websites and everything like that. But if people are interested, okay. they can they can totally just email me at, at Brian Wright at Virginia.edu. And we do have information on the minor, you know, the, and you can post that and it, it'll look, the courses will be, the grade will be similar to that. And basically in philosophy, you know, so the minor, you take one course in each section, the major will be a lot like that. So anyway, but yeah, I'm happy, happy to talk to people about it. If they're interested and email me or. Okay. So or if anybody out there is interested in data science, we know a guy and now, you know, a guy. So <laughs> Great. go, go for it. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Until next time. Tech, love, and happiness.